This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Chip in Tampa, Florida, on January 7, 2006. The Prince by Niccolo Machiavelli. This is an introduction by the translator W. K. Marriott. Niccolo Machiavelli was born at Florence on May the 3rd, 1469. He was the second son of Bernardo di Niccolo Machiavelli, a lawyer of some repute, and of Bartolomeo di Stefano Nelli, his wife. Both parents were members of the old Florentine nobility. His life falls naturally into three periods, each of which, singularly enough, constitutes a distinct and important era in the history of Florence. His youth was concurrent with the greatness of Florence as an Italian power under the guidance of Lorenzo de' Medici, Il Magnifico. The downfall of the Medici in Florence occurred in 1494, in which year Machiavelli entered the public service. During his official career, Florence was free under the government of a republic, which lasted until 1512, when the Medici returned to power, and Machiavelli lost his office. The Medici again ruled Florence from 1512 until 1527, when they were once more driven out. This was the period of Machiavelli's literary activity and increasing influence, but he died within a few weeks of the expulsion of the Medici on the 22nd of June, 1527, in his 58th year, without having regained office. Youth, age 1 through 25, 1469 through 1494. Although there is little recorded of the youth of Machiavelli, the Florence of those days is so well known that the early environment of this representative citizen may be easily imagined. Florence has been described as a city with two opposite currents of life, one directed by the fervent and austere Savonarola, the other by the splendor-loving Lorenzo. Savonarola's influence upon the young Machiavelli must have been slight, for although at one time he wielded immense power over the fortunes of Florence, he only furnished Machiavelli with a subject of a jibe in the prince, where he is cited as an example of an unarmed prophet who came to a bad end. Whereas the magnificence of the Medicean rule during the life of Lorenzo appeared to have impressed Machiavelli strongly, for he frequently refers to it in his writings, and it is to Lorenzo's grandson that he dedicates the prince. Machiavelli, in his History of Florence, gives us a picture of the young men among whom his youth was passed. He writes, They were freer than their forefathers in dress and living, and spent more in other kinds of excesses, consuming their time and money in idleness, gaming, and women. Their chief aim was to appear well-dressed, and to speak with wit and acuteness, whilst he who could wound others the most cleverly was thought the wisest. In a letter to his son Guido, Machiavelli shows why youth should avail itself of its opportunities for study, and leads us to infer that his own youth had been so occupied. He writes, I have received your letter, which has given me the greatest pleasure especially because you tell me you are quite restored in health, than which I could have no better news. 
for if God grant life to you and to me, I hope to make a good man of you, if you are willing to do your share. Then, writing of a new patron, he concludes, This will turn out well for you, but it is necessary for you to study, since then you have no longer the excuse of illness. Take pains to study letters and music, for, you see, what honor is done to me for the little skill I have. Therefore, my son, if you wish to please me, and to bring success and honor to yourself, do write and study, because others will help you, if you help yourself. Office, age 25 through 43, 1494 through 1512. The second period of Machiavelli's life was spent in the service of the Free Republic of Florence, which flourished, as stated above, from the expulsion of the Medici in 1494 until their return in 1512. After serving four years in one of the public offices, he was appointed Chancellor and Secretary to the Second Chancery, the Ten of Liberty and Peace. Here we are on firm ground when dealing with the events of Machiavelli's life, for during this time he took a leading part in the affairs of the Republic, and we have its decrees, records, and dispatches to guide us, as well as his own writings. A mere recapitulation of a few of his transactions with the statesmen and soldiers of his time gives fair indication of his activities, and supplies the sources from which he drew the experience and characters which illustrate the prince. His first mission was in 1499 to Catherine Sephorosa, my lady of Forli, of the prince, from whose conduct and fate he drew the moral that it is far better to earn the confidence of the people than to rely on fortresses. This is a very noticeable principle in Machiavelli, and it has urged by him in many ways as a matter of vital importance to princes. In 1500 he was sent to France to obtain terms from Louis Twelfth for continuing the war against Pisa. This king it was who, in his conduct of affairs in Italy, committed the five capital errors in statecraft summarized in the prince, and was consequently driven out. He also it was who made the dissolution of his marriage a condition of support to Pope Alexander VI, which leads Machiavelli to refer to those who urge that such promises should be kept to what he has written concerning the faith of princes. Machiavelli's public life was largely occupied with events arising out of the ambitions of Pope Alexander VI and his son Cesare Borgia, the Duke Valentino, and these characters fill a large space of the prince. Machiavelli never hesitates to cite the actions of the duke for the benefit of usurpers who wish to keep the states they have seized. He can, indeed, find no precepts to offer for so good a pattern of Cesare Borgia's conduct, insomuch that Cesare is acclaimed by some critics as the hero of the prince. Yet in the prince the duke is in point of fact cited as the type of man who rises on the fortune of others, and falls with them who takes every course that might be expected from a prudent man, but the course which will save him, who is prepared for all eventualities but the one which happens, and who, when all his abilities fail to carry him through, exclaims that it was not his fault, but an extraordinary and unforeseen fatality. 
On the death of Pius III in 1503, Machiavelli was sent to Rome to watch the election of his successor, and there he saw Cesare Borgia cheated into allowing the choice of the college to fall on Ghirlano de Rovi, Julius II, who was one of the cardinals that had most reason to fear the duke. Machiavelli, when commenting on this election, says that he who thinks new favors will cause great personages to forget old injuries deceives himself. Julius did not rest until he had ruined Cesare. It was to Julius II that Machiavelli was sent in 1506, when that pontiff was commencing his exercise against Bologna, which was brought to a successful issue, as did many of his other adventures, owing chiefly to his impetuous character. It is in reference to Pope Julius that Machiavelli moralizes on the resemblance between fortune and women, and concludes that it is the bold rather than the cautious man that will win and hold them both. It is impossible to follow the varying fortunes of the Italian states, which in 1507 were controlled by France, Spain, and Germany, with results that have lasted to our day. We are concerned with those events, and with the three great actors in them, so far only as they impinge on the personality of Machiavelli. He had several meetings with Louis the Twelfth of France, and his estimate of that monarch's character has already been alluded to. Machiavelli had painted Ferdinand of Aragon as the man who accomplished great things under the cloak of religion, but who in reality had no mercy, faith, humanity, or integrity, and who, had he allowed himself to be influenced by such motives, would have been ruined. The Emperor Maximilian was one of the most interesting men of the age. The character has been drawn by many hands, but Machiavelli, who was an envoy at his court in 1507 through 1508, reveals the secret of his many failures when he describes him as a secretive man, without force of character, ignoring the human agencies necessary to carry his schemes into effect, and never insisting on the fulfillment of his wishes. The remaining years of Machiavelli's official career were filled with events rising out of the League of Cambrai, made in 1508 between the three great European powers already mentioned and the Pope, with the object of crushing the Venetian Republic. This result was obtained in the Battle of Valia, when Venice lost in one day all that she had won in eight hundred years. Florence had a difficult part to play during these events, complicated as they were by the feud which broke out between the Pope and the French, because friendship with France had dictated the entire policy of the Republic. When in 1511 Julius II finally formed the Holy League against France, and with the assistance of the Swiss drove the French out of Italy, Florence lay at the mercy of the Pope, and had to submit to his terms, one of which was that the Medici should be restored. The return of the Medici to Florence on the 1st of September, 1512, and consequent fall of the Republic, was the signal for the dismissal of Machiavelli and his friends, and thus put an end to his public career, for, as we have seen, he died without regaining office. Literature and Death, age 43 through 58 1512 through 1527. On the return of the Medici, Machiavelli, who for a few weeks had vainly hoped to retain his office under the new masters of Florence, 
was dismissed by a decree dated 7th November 1512. Shortly after this, he was accused of complicity in an abortive conspiracy against the Medici, imprisoned and put to the question by torture. The new Medician pope, Leo X, procured his release, and he retired to his small property at San Cassicano near Florence, where he devoted himself to literature. In a letter to Francesco Vittori, dated 13th December, 1513, he has left a very interesting description of his life at that period, which elucidates his methods and his motives in the writing of the prince. After describing his daily occupations with his family and neighbors, he writes, The evening being come, I return home and go to my study. At the entrance I pull off my peasant clothes, covered with dust and dirt, and put on my noble court dress. Thus becomingly reclothed, I pass into the ancient courts of the men of old, where, being lovingly received by them, I am fed with that food which is mine alone, where I do not hesitate to speak with them, and to ask for the reason of their actions. And they, in their benignity, answer me, and for four hours I feel no weariness. I forget every trouble. Poverty does not dismay. Death does not terrify me. I am possessed entirely by those great men. And because Dante says, Knowledge doth come of learning well retained, unfruitful else, I have noted down what I have gained from their conversation, and have composed a small work on principalities, where I pour myself out as fully as I can in meditation on the subject, discussing what a principality is, what kinds there are, and how they can be acquired, how they can be kept, why they are lost, and, if any of my fancies ever pleased you, this ought not to displease you, and to a prince, especially to a new one, it should be welcome. Therefore I dedicate it to his magnificence Giuliano. Filippo Casavecchio has seen it. He will be able to tell you what is in it, and of the discourses I have had with him. Nevertheless, I am still enriching and polishing it. The little book suffered many vicissitudes before attaining the form in which it has reached us. Various mental influences were at work during its composition. Its title and patron were changed, and for some unknown reason it was finally dedicated to Lorenzo de' Medici. Although Machiavelli discussed with Casavecchio whether it should be sent or presented in person to the patron, there is no evidence that Lorenzo ever received or even read it. He certainly never gave Machiavelli any employment. Although it was plagiarized during Machiavelli's lifetime, the prince was never published by him and its text is still disputable. Machiavelli concludes his letter to Vittori thus, And as to this little thing, his book, when it has been read it will be seen that during the fifteen years I have given to the study of statecraft I have neither slept nor idled, and men ought to desire to be served by one who has reaped experience at the expense of others. And of my loyalty none could doubt, because, having always kept faith, I could not learn how to break it. For he who has been faithful and honest as I have cannot change his nature, and my poverty is a witness to my honesty. 
Before Machiavelli had got the prince off his hands, he commenced his discourse on the first decade of Titus Livius, which should be read concurrently with the prince. These and several minor works occupied him until the year 1518, when he accepted a small commission to look after the affairs of some Florentine merchants in Genoa. In 1519 the Medicean rulers of Florence granted a few political concessions to her citizens, and Machiavelli, with others, was consulted upon a new constitution, under which the great council was to be restored. But on one pretext or another it was not promulgated. In 1520 the Florentine merchants again had recourse to Machiavelli to settle their differences with Luca, but this year was chiefly remarkable for his re-entry into Florentine literary society, where he was much sought after, and also for the production of his Art of War. It was in the same year that he received a commission at the instance of Cardinal de' Medici to write The History of Florence a task which occupied him until 1525. His return to popular favor may have determined the Medici to give him this employment, for an old writer observes that an able statesman out of work, like a huge whale, will endeavor to overturn the ship unless he has an empty cask to play with. When the history of Florence was finished, Machiavelli took it to Rome for presentation to his patron, Guillermo de' Medici, who had, in the meanwhile, become Pope under the title of Clement the Seventh. It is somewhat remarkable that, as in 1513 Machiavelli had written the Prince for the instruction of the Medici after they had just regained power in Florence, so in 1525 he dedicated the history of Florence to the head of the family when its ruin was now at hand. In that year the Battle of Pavia destroyed the French rule in Italy, and left Francis I as a prisoner in the hands of his great rival Charles V. This was followed by the sack of Rome, upon the news of which the popular party in Florence threw off the yoke of the Medici, who were once more banished. Machiavelli was absent from Florence at this time, but hastened his return, hoping to secure his former office of secretary to the Ten of Liberty and Peace. Unhappily, he was taken ill soon after he reached Florence, where he died, on the 22nd of June, 1527. End of the Introduction <laughs>